In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 74, Andrew and Jerry and our fragile democracy. I am Andrew Langer. I remain, as always, uh, Jerry Rogers. And yeah, we got a lot to a lot to get to. I mean, this has been a, a a crazy week. I think there are things that a lot of folks are missing with regards to what happened this week. Actually, we've got a whole. It, it, we're going to tie a lot of things together because you cannot you cannot talk about what Colorado did this week without also tying it into what happened with Hunter Biden and Congress and last week. And the collapse of our of our institutions for political gain. Um, you know, Jerry, it was it was you know I was fortunate in that I was on the air uh, the day after this Colorado decision came out. For those of you who are the uninitiated, right? Uh, earlier this week, uh, the Colorado State Supreme Court, in a four to three decision, so four members of the Colorado Supreme Court, all Democrats. Uh, decided to uh, to not just throw Donald Trump off the primary ballot, but to take the extraordinary step of also saying that you can't even cast a write-in ballot for president uh, if you for Donald Trump. You if you write Donald Trump's name down, your ballot's going to be tossed. And you know, it, anyway. So I, I know what my reaction was, Jerry. What was your immediate reaction to all this? Well, a couple of things, right? Uh, broadly, how uh, Democrats, progressives, the media. In the name of saving democracy, uh, they are destroying democracy, right? Uh, undermining democracy uh, in the name of democracy. It's like uh, we have to protect our house uh, from fire, so let's burn it down. <laughs> and it's not just the recent Colorado Supreme Court case. And I'll just add a, add a caveat to what you just said. Yes, four of the seven justices who uh, who were in the opinion. Uh, knocking uh, Trump off the ballot. Think about, again. Think about that for a second. You have uh, one arm of the government uh, uh, knocking off uh, the, a potential candidate and former executive uh, from the ballot. It's 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 banana republic type uh, type action. But let, let, I want to say this about the court, Please. though. All seven justices are Democrats. Yes. So it, it has bothered me that the right, our side, has said four unelected Democrats have right. cast this vote to move Trump off the ballot. You know, we can't have it both ways. Either we support an independent judiciary right, or we don't. And so saying that this judge or that judge is appointed by Obama or Trump or Bush or Biden, I think, gets us uh, talking about uh, issues that that uh, fall right in the hands of the left. Number one, number two, yeah. number two. The issue here isn't that they're Democrats or that they're unelected, but that they're untethered from the law. Uh, and again, a few people have who are commenting have actually read through the dissent, right. read read through the decision. The fact of the matter is, I am not an attorney. I am not a constitutional scholar. I have never argued a case before the Supreme Court. However, it's plain reading 
Right. If you if you're if you if your brain hasn't been broke by politics by Trump, yeah. If your brain is not broken, uh, you look at this, and any reasonable person will see that this is outrageous. In fact, I am somewhat surprised, and I'll be quiet after this. I am somewhat pleasantly surprised that uh, the only folks who I see cheerleading this really are the hardcore. Right. Uh, uh, left of center. David Frums of the world. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and the never Trumpers. Right. It's amazing to me the hubris of the never Trumpers. But but a lot of a lot of folks on the left, there was a, a New York Times op-ed, a Slate or Salon and other left center venues are saying that this cannot stand. Right. That's encouraging right. to Post. me. Yeah, th this is very encouraging right. to me. Right, the Washington Post that had, had an had an uh, an editorial about this. Here's the thing that I come back to, which is, to me, this is never this decision was not about was was not about getting Donald Trump off the ballot. I want to be really clear about this. I mean, yes, in the near term, that's at least nominally what they're supposed to do. First of all, I wasn't shocked by it. Um, no, of know, course not. We, was we it one of 16? 16, 16 yeah. states in which these kinds of suits are progressing. It was almost um, uh, an inevitable certainty that one court was going to was going to find, uh, you know, against Donald Trump for this. It happened to be Colorado first. Um, but the the reality is, is that I'm, I'm going to get even more cynical about this, that these four justices, they know that it's going to get overturned. That's why yes. when David Frum says it was a matter of courage for them. You know, courage without uh, lasting results isn't really courage. When you, wait, wait, when let, let's let, let's just call that out for a yeah, second, please. If David Frum believes that this was an act of courage, then David Frum is not a man who understands courage or valor. Right, that's true. I mean, this is very again. The, yeah. I mean, he should be ashamed of that comment. But you my, know, my point is, in the end, is that this is cravenly political. Because these judges know that that this is going to get overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, they know Donald Trump is going to be on the primary ballot in Colorado um, right. uh, for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, not, not, not only because it just doesn't fit, the, the, the case law doesn't fit. They've misinterpreted, as you said. This is about two things, and this gets in, into my cynicism here. It is about making 2024 about January 6th. And about whether or not Donald Trump is eligible to, eligible to be on the ballot, and just keeping it in the back of people's minds, certain people's minds, is Donald Trump eligible to run for president? Is he eligible to be president of the United States? If enough folks uh, have that question in their minds when they go to the ballots, then they may pull the trigger for Joe Biden or, or somebody else. And and so there's that aspect of it uh, there. Um, and then the other part of this is, oh, and more to the point, to make it not about Joe Biden running on his record. Right. If, if right. we're talking about Donald a... Trump and we're talking about January 6th, that we're talking about Donald Trump's eligibility under the Constitution and we're having arguments over what the 14th Amendment says, we're not talking about the state of the American economy. We're not talking about the state of the southern border. We're not talking about what's going on in, in, in you know, the Red Sea or in Central Europe or anywhere else. And then the other part of this, of course, is and you and I have talked about this on this show. Every time the Supreme Court does the right thing and follows the law and follows the Constitution and it's not to the progressives liking, well, then it adds to their list of reasons why the Supreme Court, the current makeup of the Supreme Court is illegitimate. They're trying to go after Justice Thomas. They're trying to go after Justice Alito. And they don't think that either Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett 
uh, should serve on the high court. So they're illegitimate, and this is these decisions are emblematic of the Supreme Court's illegitimacy, and it gives them license to do what they want to do to reform the court uh, if they were to gain total control of the government in 2025. No, and I think that's where you underline and highlight because this is a larger campaign. I said to you yesterday in one of our many conversations that, many conversations. that it's amazing to me how the left is so wonderfully organized uh, that these four justices really are acting as political agents, right. not not as not as a jurist, not as uh, legal uh, legal experts. They not as judges. They're they're they are political agents. And here's the thing. The left believes because they've told us that the ends justify the means. Exactly. And so this this court decision, Colorado, these four justices understand, know uh, that it's a wrong decision, but it doesn't matter. They can smash the law. They can smash institutions if it means uh, that their final goal is achieved. And one of their goals or or, or, or a large uh, part of achieving their ultimate goals is smashing norms, right. is undermining the independent judiciary. And that's again, that's why when Republicans or conservatives say for unelected Democrats, we have to check ourselves and be careful sure. not to use their language. Number, number two, uh, they want to uh, undermine uh, the U.S. Senate, the independent judiciary, uh, the electoral college. They want to undermine the Constitution itself. Look at the attacks uh, over the last three years on the uh, on the right, uh, 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 our rights of free speech, right. uh, our, our religious liberty. Uh, this is rights all to, rights to self defense. Right. Yes. These. This is a. This is an effort, and they don't care if they break the law or if they break the norms. Let me just say this right. real quick, please. So, and this is this is kind of a mundane example, but but it's true. Uh, Barack Obama, it turns out uh, Barack Obama knew every time he said during the debate during the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, every time he said, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your health insurance plan, he knew it was a lie. Huh. We, we know, we, again, this is yeah. not trust not but verify. I understand. Uh, this, his aides have said afterwards that of the, again, dozens and dozens and dozens of times he said it. Remember, it was it was marked by the fact checkers who are pro Obama as the biggest lie of the year. Remember? Yes. And 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 we found we found out afterwards that Barack Obama knew it was a lie, but his staff said, "Well, the people didn't know what was best for them, and right. so this lie was part of a, a larger strategic move to give the American people right. what what they didn't know they needed." Right. And, and so they me, do this. Let me, let me let me bring it to a more much much more recent example, uh, and and not and I don't think that's a particularly mundane example, Jerry. I think that's a good example. But how about this? Last week, um, well, several weeks ago, Congress issued a subpoena, a lawful subpoena, as part of their inquiry into uh, corruption in the vice president's office and things that the president of the United States has done. Um, as part of an investigation to whether or not the president ought to be impeached. And they issued a subpoena lawfully to the president's son, Hunter Biden, because there are questions that need to be asked. Most importantly, uh, uh, who is the big guy that you name in your emails and, and uh, why were you saving 10% for the big guy? 
And where did this money go? And, who, you know, who's the big guy? That's the that's the question. And so Hunter Biden was scheduled to testify uh, up on the Hill. He defied that subpoena, uh, did a press conference, a self-serving, they all are, of course, self-serving press conference on uh, on the, the Senate side of, of Capitol Hill, uh, def again, defying the subpoena. We don't know uh, what the whether or not the president of the United States had been advising his son about this. But you turn around and then four days later, this son who was defying this lawfully issued subpoena into the president's uh, uh, dealings, possible president's dealings as part of this impeachment inquiry, the president's son is flying on Marine One back to the White House from Delaware. Uh, right. And the White House also is not listing him on their manifest. Now, whether or not they should have is a whole other question. The bottom line here is, what was the what what was Hunter Biden doing on Marine One flying back anyway with him? Why is this somehow uh, inside the norm in an environment in which he is now openly defying the subpoena? This is essentially the White House putting its seal of approval on the president's son defying the subpoena. That's, to me, a fundamental breakdown in the norms here and the fundamental breakdown of democracy and uh, an example of us, you know, uh, us descending into this banana republic like environment. We, we, we have to have a rule of law and the president. Right. The president may not like the fact that Congress is investigating his son or investigating him, but the president has an obligation to follow the law and to uh, listen. Let's let's say not just not discourage his son from testifying, but to be public and out and out encouraging his son to testify, right? Well, the president has to course. set the moral example and say, you know something? And I'll say this in terms of either uh, either Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump has to be saying, you know something? If the subpoena is lawful. Congress has this power. You know, my son's got to go testify on this. He can go up and plead the fifth or not that the president needs to say that. I mean, the president knows the optics, but what the president shouldn't be doing is sending signals to the American people that he approves of this behavior and this decision. And again, this shouldn't be a partisan issue right. insofar as, you know, we all agree on two simple facts when it comes to uh, government, Hunter Biden, uh, the separation of powers, et cetera. We, uh, we agree uh, first that influence peddling is corruption. Right. Opposed by the government and uh, and and it's illegal. It's outside the rule of law. Influence peddling is corruption, period. Right. Everyone agrees with that. That is yes. not a partisan statement. Second, if the president, this pre president, Joe Biden, if the president knew his son uh, and uh, and his and his family were using him, leveraging him uh, uh, for influence peddling. That means Joe Biden is also corrupt. Right. This is very simple. And and what and what's interesting here is right. that right. You want the smoking gun email for the defense. The smoking gun email for the defense is in this situation is an email or letter or text message from Joe Biden to his son saying, "Hey, stop using my name to make money." Right. I, I don't want this. Stop asking me to do your meetings for you or to sit in on your meetings or to talk to your clients for you. I'm not doing it anymore. That's that's the smoking gun that the defense is yet to produce. Sorry, Jerry. Go and, ahead. And but 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 also, you know, you know, I I had uh, callers defending Hunter Biden uh, to the WBAL show that I do, uh, yeah. saying that there are no witnesses, there is no evidence, and again, this is also now a problem of the fourth estate uh, right. when it comes to what's happening in Colorado, 
and and the uh, and the interference in the election uh, that the Democrats are engaged in, but also in terms of just it's you know it, it's very difficult uh, to 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 hear and know the facts. And again, there's so much deflection going on. The left is is obsessed with misinformation, right? But what they categorize as misinformation is anyone who opposes them, right? But then there's real information, real misinformation, because you have the media reporting as truth the uh, the talking points from the Democratic Party and from progressives right. that uh, there is no corruption, there is no evidence except for all the evidence of corruption. Right. I mean, literally, l- l- listen, and, and anyone listening or watching our podcast can go trust but verify. Uh, the fact is, is that th- there are eyewitnesses who have put uh, Biden in the room. Right. Uh, th- there are eyewitnesses uh, that say that he was on the telephone. Uh, there are myriad text messages and e- emails. Now, I'm not saying this by itself, this this mountain of evidence of corruption uh, should automatically prove corruption, right? We believe in due process. So there ought to be an investigation. That's what these initial hearings were. Exactly. They were to, they were to gather the information and and then decide whether or not there was enough evidence right. to go forward well, with me, an impeachment investigation. Let me interrupt investigation. you for a second, Jerry. It's only the Democrats who come to a predetermined conclusion yes, about someone right. and issue a report and say, "Here's what here's here's the situation." Without having any kind of an investigation Correct. possible, and here's here's the point in the end, right? If nobody is going to go and get Hunter Biden on the record and under oath, right? If no U.S. attorney, if no attorney general, if no other law enforcement officer is going to sit down and get Hunter Biden in a deposition or other kind of interview and ask him the question. Hunter Biden, who's the big guy and why were you setting aside 10% for him and how much did you make for the big guy? Right. Right? Then it is incumbent Oh, upon, I'm sorry. Hold on. The- it is incumbent upon Congress to ask him that question and and that and issue him a subpoena. A- anyway, sorry, go ahead, Jerry. But but again, I, I forgot to mention this. There's yeah. actually bank accounts showing an exchange of money. Right. I mean, it is clear that a further investigation is warranted. And again, the Jamie Raskins and oh all those God. who all those who were involved in the January 6th commission. Again, uh, someone threw at me the uh, Jim Jordan was subpoenaed and never answered it. But again, you don't have to be a political expert or a parliamentarian to understand that many scholars and many Republicans serving in the House uh, viewed the so-called, you know, jo- uh, so-called bipartisan January Sixth Commission as illegitimate because right. it was it was constructed it was constructed outside the rules of the House. Exactly, that's exactly that's exactly right. You know, and right. So and Jim, so so again, the difference between a lawfully issued subpoena, yes, and an unlawfully or improperly issued subpoena right that's that's absolutely true but hunter biden is not alleging and no one on hunter biden's team is alleging that the that the that this was unlawfully issued or improperly issued right you know otherwise i'm fairly certain that the house would have immediately corrected whatever improper issuance they would have done to correct the defect in this and get him there you know it it, listen they know as we as we talk about this the democrats know and the defenders of the president know that there is no good outcome for Hunter Biden, you know, testifying before Congress, right? Either he gets up there and he answers the question or he pleads the fifth or he lies 
in which case, you know, all of these things are, 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 you know, you know, bring great liability on Hunter Biden. I mean, maybe Hunter Biden wants this in the end. And, and the idea that now they have they have now pushed this into the situation where the 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 Hunter Biden, the, the Democrats, Eric Swalwell, especially where they're pushing congressional Republicans into the the unenviable position of having to issue an arrest warrant or getting the Capitol Police or the Marshal Service to issue an arrest warrant for Hunter Biden to drag him before Congress. I mean, that's that's them playing chess games because they think in the end that it is a better narrative for them of congressional Republicans dragging Hunter Biden up before Congress and arresting him or sending him, sending him to jail over this. Though, of course, they know that Merrick Garland will never actually send Hunter Biden to jail. Right. But and, and again, this but again, is you, the you, breakdown you, you, of basic democratic right. constitutional norms here in America. It's also the breakdown of the news media, because the fact is Joe Biden can uh, can double down and can uh, essentially circle the wagons uh, because he knows that he won't be held accountable. Uh, the narrative is more important than the facts. Narrative and Uber yeah, and, you know, it, it's funny, too, because I, I read this. I haven't verified it yet, but I read something this morning in, in various news accounts that the president has said the Colorado decision is correct, that it is self-evident. The president said that uh, Donald Trump. Engaged I have not in, seen this. Yeah, I, I got to go back and look. Um, but regardless if he said it or not, and, 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 and I apologize to our viewers, I should have I should have checked on this. But I did I did read something earlier uh, that he said that it's self-evident. Well, frankly, even if he didn't say it today or, or yesterday or this week, Joe Biden has said in the past that that it is self-evident uh, that uh, that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. He has said that. Uh, so let me say this, though. If again, if Joe Biden was a good man, if Joe Biden uh, put the interests of America before his own self-interests, right. he would denounce the Colorado decision. Right. He would denounce he would denounce right. it. But but he, but, he, but he won't do that because no one's going to ask him. Well, 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 if, you know, let's, let's really if this was reversed, here, Gary, I don't yeah. think Joe Biden. Well, there are two things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I want no, to I was gonna say that that if, if it, let's say that the situations were were uh, were such that it was Donald Trump was president and former 100%. president and former president Joe Biden was running for office. Uh, but uh, but Texas or Florida or some red state knocked them off the ballot. Uh, Trump would be asked, do you denounce this interference in our democracy? Right. Do and, you and denounce this 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 undemocratic action? I'm going to say this and I'll just I'm going to make a prediction today. And this is Friday, the 22nd of December. And you're right. It should have happened earlier this week. But now that The Washington Post has come out and said that uh, that. Uh, this case should be thrown out, um, despite the fact that 52% of Americans are apparently saying that it's the right decision, which is why you never trust polls about sort of people's feelings on these things because they really mean nothing. I think that now that the Washington Post has essentially given Joe Biden permission to denounce it, that I would not be surprised if in the next day or so we see Joe Biden denouncing the Colorado decision. That would not That would not surprise me in the slightest because, again, you know, you talk about courage and you talk about cowardice. Joe Biden's got to wait for permission from the Democratic power structure, of which the Washington Post is a major player uh, before he can make this statement. Um, but I think the only thing that would hold him back is the fact that 52 percent of Americans. Which, have you seen this, this new um, uh, YouGov poll that's out no. on this? 
Yeah, there's a YouGov poll that essentially says that 52% of Americans, and I want to know who these people are, because I, I have yet to find somebody who is an average American who, who thinks this is, a, this is a good thing. Hey, Jerry, um, have you seen any trailers for this movie, uh, Civil War? Yes. You have? Okay. Yes. I mean, I can play. I can play the trailer because I, I I pulled it up. But I. But if you've seen it, I don't particularly need to, um, because one of the other things, and Jonathan Turley was right about this, Professor Jonathan Turley from George Washington, that the last thing America needed moving uh, from 2023 into 2024 was a decision by the Colorado Supreme Court throwing Donald Trump off the primary ballot. Uh, and again, as I've said, it's going to come back. It's going to get overturned. Um, and the Supreme Court is going to take a, a, a now, hit. Let me just interject there because I, I agree with you. It, 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 it's going to be overturned, but the damage is already done. And I'll give you an example. Right, oh, 100%. Uh, Texas Attorney General Paxton yes. is calling for Joe Biden to be knocked off the ballot in Texas right. uh, because of the 8 million illegal migrants that have come over the border that, that essentially – uh, the president has engaged uh, in a insurrection because of the uh, this southern border illegal uh, invasion. Uh, now, my, my point is, yeah. I disagree with Paxton. Yes. But again, this is what we're going to see. The maybe, left. Maybe hold the, on, Jerry. Maybe it is important for me to play this trailer for for Civil War. Sure, I, play will it. You indulge, indulge me on this. Because, sure. Because again, this, but before you play, let, let me just yes. say one, one last thing too. Uh, you know the again this word insurrection being thrown around uh president and our friend phil kirpin tweeted this out uh and it was tweeted out originally by our friend carrie uh sir uh, uh serino uh anyway regard Reno. yes uh, uh severino i'm sorry i apologize severino no worries uh, but um the just recently joe biden gave a speech where he uh was bragging about his, about defying the Supreme Court over his student loan handout. Right. His student loan handout, which is now billions and billions of dollars, is illegal. It's yeah. unconstitutional. Yet he's doing it. Yes. Now why? Now is this insurrection? Right. That's that's that's. A, that's I mean, so I, so so now we're going to have this silly we're going to have this silly argument every time there's a legal disagreement. Or there's a political disagreement. One side is going to say right. insurrection, insurrection. And again, this is what the left wants. It, it not only wants to delegitimize our institutions and our founding documents, it wants to delegitimize political discourse. So let me let me let me now play this video, which is which is uh, uh, this trailer for this movie Civil War that's coming out. Uh, here it is. Maybe. States have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. 
We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the capital. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if... Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. All right. I want to stop the share there. I mean, Jerry, this is a movie that's coming out in 2024. The trailers are out right now. I mean, this is, to me, the, the worst kind of abject irresponsibility on the part of Hollywood uh, to, in, uh, once again, inflame the, the fuels of discontent and turn us against each other, to continue to turn us against each other. This sort of paranoid fantasy about, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if Nick Offerman is a conservative uh, president in this. I suspect that he is. It would surprise me to find out that he's a liberal, especially if he's ordering airstrikes. Well, there's, there's, there's a tease in the trailer yeah. that he's a three-term president. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, yes. you know, is he a Trump character uh, who decided not to leave the White House? Exactly. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's funny because I, I think it was you who had been watching. You You were a fan of the West Wing. Oh yeah, I did. I like the Westworld. Okay. Yeah, so even I, though it's it's liberal and, no, and that but sort I of have thing, started, I, have I enjoyed watching it. it. It's become sort of my my show that I'm binge watching right now. Yeah. And I'm, it's I'm good in season one, and you know it is, but it is the ultimate sort of your yes. And I know you'll and I'm I'm liking it. There are things that I like very much about it. Right, it pulls up my heartstrings in a very Capra esque yeah. way, and it's, um, it's 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 great writing. The rhetoric is is, yes. is is good. But again, it is this in the same way that the American president was Rob Reiner's yes. vision for what an ideal Democratic president would be. I'm coming. I'm coming after the guns. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, never, and, never, never mind the Bill of Rights. Go ahead. Come here. Right, yeah. And that's the same thing here. But what, what you know, and, and painting all of these figures in the White House as noble figures with Saints. noble intentions. Yes. But the point is, is that you know, all of these sort of situations, I keep coming back to the fact that they are. And again, this is you're right. It's good writing. It's meant to be good writing. Yeah. And it's meant to be, you know, both Aaron Sorkin's and and Aaron Sorkin wrote the script for the American President, I believe. Like his way of coming back, you know how you you get insulted at some point, or you're dealing with an interaction with somebody in the real world, and ten hours later you think of what you if you'd been able to think about it, what you would have said to that person had I had I had the chance. All I, I get a sense in many of these instances that this is what Aaron Sorkin would want these individuals to be saying. Um, but you know, but you know, knowing nobody thinks on their feet quite in that way. There are very few. Yes. Very and, clever. Yeah, and it's funny. That's world. why, that's why Erica did not like the show because yeah. she said, no one talks this way. No one responds this way. Right. You and know, by the way, by the way, because again, although I think I, I think I'm pretty quick. I, I'm pretty quick on my feet. Five episodes in. And part of me is like thinking, Oh, this is the Washington. This is star Trek. The next generation comma. DC edition because yes. the plot lines are very similar to Star Trek and the. But let, 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 let me comment here because we've, we've kind of gone off off path in no, terms no, no, of. No, but, 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 but let me let me let me comment on this because yeah. it's important to, to our discussion and that is, you know, very often what the left, what the media, progressives, what they think is going to work, be successful, often uh, the American people have a different. Have a or or people in general, working people have a different response. Give you an example: uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, right. that was an anti-war song. It was a, it was a, it was an anti-American song to an extent, protesting uh, American policies, Reagan policies, or right. or you know this sort of thing. And the American people took it as 
as something that was patriotic. And Reagan, ironically, used it as a theme song in his campaign. Uh, Number two, think about what Fred Smith from CEI, our old boss, used to say about the was it the Grapes of Wrath? Where they, they well, they showed oh, yes, the, yes. They the showed film the version of, wrath of the Soviet Union. Yes, go yes. Ahead. They so they showed the grapes of wrath of the, the film, the Henry Fonda film, yes. and uh, the, and the point was they wanted to show the the people in the Soviet Union how horrible the West was, how horrible right. America, capitalism. But their response was, no, even poor people have cars. Yes, that's exactly. You know, right. so very often, and, and and again, the American president, right? Uh, uh, the response to the American president was. Uh, this guy is a good guy. He's the opposite of Bill Clinton. Yes. So even that blew up in in their face. So that's my hope. A lot of these issues are very uh, are very concerning. You know me. I, I often think that the republic is done. Uh, but what gives me hope at the end of the day is sometimes American people or working people react differently than the elites think how they're going to react. But let me just say this. Yeah. And this is very critical. Um. This is how we know that the Colorado decision, there is no, here's the thing, there's no two arguments here. There's not, you have, you know, we can, we can be civil and spirited and disagree. There is no room for disagreement here. If there is no insurrection, if there were, the Justice Department would have already brought charges against Trump. Remember, insurrection is there is Very statute. Term, yeah. Yes. So and now now go back just more broadly. The 14th Amendment is not self-executing, meaning that Congress has to write legislation in order for the 14th Amendment to be uh, to be uh, uh, affected. Right. And and we know this is true because Congress has written laws. Right. You and I talked about how just a couple, three years after the 14th Amendment passed, Congress wrote uh, wrote uh, wrote legislation passed by the you know signed by the president uh, that gave certain former Confederates uh, right. amnesty. But then we know years later, just a couple three years after that, the Congress wrote law and the president signed a universal amnesty right. uh, for former Confederates. And the fact is that tells us that in order to apply the Fourteenth Amendment or Section Three of it, right? Section Three, right. It, it Congress has had Congress has had has, has to act, but here's the thing: Congress has acted, right? And let's, because and let's, Congress has passed an insurrection law. And let's also add to this Supreme Court precedent here, which is to say that the term "officer of the United States" has a meaning under law, right? And we we well, listen. I know things are open to interpretation. Interpretations change over time, but the term "officer of the United States" for purposes of of prior precedent in Supreme Court case law means somebody who was nominated by the president of the United States confirmed by the Senate. The president of the United States, while chief executive of the executive branch, is not the chief executive officer. He's not an officer of the United States for purposes of the 14th Amendment. And that's very clear case law. Here. Right. But again, but, but, but again yeah. the, the, at the end of the day, though, in order to apply this section of the 14th Amendment to Donald right. Trump or to anyone else, uh, you 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 have to be charged and and convicted right. of, of of insurrection. And again, I, I'll be very specific here. It's Section 2383 of the Federal Criminal Code. It yes. says, quote, quote, uh, uh, a, uh, a person is this is not the quote, but a person is guilty of a felony punishable up to 10 years imprisonment if he from the statute now, quote, incites, sets on foot, assists 
or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid or comfort thereto. That's what the law says. Now, the Supreme the, the Supreme Court of Colorado, uh, what it what it did is outside the rule of law right. because Donald Trump has not been charged with insurrection or incitement or or incitement. And fact, he hasn't and he hasn't and been convicted. Fact, and a point of fact, you know, he was while he was impeached in the House, he was not convicted in the Senate. Over Correct. That very now. Now, two things. Right. Um the left keeps on saying that essentially they're saying I'm reading into this. The law doesn't matter because it's self-evident. Right. But think about how dangerous that is. Of course. If, 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 if politicians can just decide or courts can just decide that you are self-evidently guilty of, then there's no need for trials or juries. Number one, number two, um, what was the second thing you said? You you, you just mentioned something. Uh, uh, the the precedent about uh, the officer of the United States. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, it'll it'll Lose come it. back to me. You lost, I, I lost, lost it, it, but yeah, yeah, but it was it was after you said that. You had said something after you said that. Well, uh, in, ter- in in terms of the in terms of this this instance, there again, what, what bothers me is that reasonable people. Oh, I I remember what it is. Reasonable yeah, people. Uh, can disagree, but I think here there is no reasonable other side to this. Here's another thing that bothers me. Yeah. And it's the never Trumpers. The never Trumpers, their narcissism, right? Their hubris. They think they should rule. That's the problem here. The never Trumpers think they're the ones who should be ruling over us. And and I've read some of what the never Trumpers have said. And what they're saying is, and Jonah Jonah Goldberg, who we like. Also said this, but 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 kind of pulled short a little bit. Sure. He said, look, he said, Donald Trump is guilty of many things, but the voters have not held him accountable. So therefore, at least the Colorado court got him. But again, think about how wow. dangerous that is. 100 percent You know, right. so 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 it's just it's, it, it, to me it's insanity no no it, and, and it is and and here's i guess my point so dangerous i want to move on to a couple other things before we sure this will be our last show of 2023 yay 2023 yeah. good year but here's my here's the thing guys you know it is going to get crazier before it gets better and and this is part of the reason why i played that civil war clip because i am genuinely concerned and we've expressed this on this show before that regardless of what happens in November of 2020, I'm sorry, November 2024, if this case goes to, if the if the election has to go to the Supreme Court to decide or has to go to uh, Congress to decide, um, this is, and those are entirely possible scenarios. And regardless of the, first of all, regardless of the outcome, if Democrats come to D.C. to riot because Donald Trump won Donald Trump will be blamed. And if of uh, course. Joe Biden wins and conservatives come Look, to it's DC been memory hold, uh, Andrew, it's going to get blamed for the after, yeah. which is, but it's, and, 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 and our news media has memory hold this again in within the conversation of January 6th and insurrection. What about what happened on, in, on inauguration day right. in 2017? Right. They tried, you know, the, you know, remember how they made fun of Trump because all the seats weren't filled in and, and the crowd wasn't filled in. Right. Part of the reason why the crowd wasn't filled in was because they couldn't get to their seats or to right. their places because there was rioting going on. 
Right. And remember, there was an effort. There was an organized effort to get to the stage. Right. So so to stop Donald Trump from actually taking the oath of office. Why haven't the rioters from 2017, whose point was, whose mission was to stop the uh, the execution of the oath of office. Why haven't we seen those people Why uh, tried the effort to to make sure that electors didn't get seated or to make sure that sure. electors switched their vote in the 2016 election? Why have those people never been shown? Well, again, and, that, and that's in the news this week, right? The news this week is that the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee and Donald Trump, they're in big trouble because there's now tapes of a new, them. A new, a new tape that somehow yeah. didn't surface in the last Yeah, there's, there's a tape of them trying to pressure uh, again, electoral Michigan college, yes, yeah, switcheroo. Campus. But again, we know that Hillary Clinton engaged in this in 2016. Right. So why isn't Hillary Clinton uh, right. being charged with That's insurrection? Back you know, to. And uh, here's my last thing. I, I, inter- I interrupted you, but uh, my no, last no thing. The, the 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 fact is, and again, from 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 our friends on the, on the Never Trump right, uh, they say things like Trump is not qualified. Uh, Trump smashes the norms. Trump doesn't understand the Constitution, the principles. Uh, Trump uh, doesn't understand the separation of powers. Uh, Trump doesn't abide by the rule of law. Trump, 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 Trump. But I never hear the never Trumpers or the media, for that matter, talk about how Joe Biden is untethered from the law. Right. That Joe Biden is smashing norms. That Joe Biden has ignored the Supreme Court. That Joe Biden has engaged uh, in an overt political activity that undermines uh, the the, the Republic. We never hear that from the never never Trumpers. Right. They never criticize Biden. I don't hear them. Barack Obama tried to employ the IRS to go after his political enemies. Right. Where are the never Trumpers? Yes. Where are the never Trumpers on that? Well, and, and that's just it, right? The way they, the, they, the the pro Biden, anti Trump, both the never Trumpers and the the never Trump Republicans and the Democrats, they dangle all this stuff in front about Donald Trump, so that behind their back, I'm looking down at my screen, so I see myself. <laughs> so behind their back. They can hide all of this other stuff. Jerry, I had a conversation this morning. It's going to come up in the next couple of weeks with Ryan Young from CEI. And I'm going to go completely off off script here. Um, Talking about the, not just the use of what are called administrative law judges um, to, you know, that are operating outside of the federal courts, you know, agencies like the FTC and the SEC that employ their own judges, pay their own judges and have their own administrative system. And as you can imagine, they win the vast majority of the time. In fact, the Federal Trade Commission, Jerry, I don't know if you're aware of this. The Federal Trade Commission has a 25-year record of victory against parties that are that are challenging a regulatory decision in their administrative courts, right? That should be concerning to people. So there's that aspect of, of being untethered from the rule of law. Now we've got these things called special regulatory organizations, SROs, that are that are that are outside bodies, independent nonprofit organizations that are administering federal law with, you know, with the agreement of these of these agencies. They're being paid by the agencies. They're being supported by other other organizations and they operate as law enforcement agencies, but without the same kind of oversight that our regular law enforcement does. And my point in all of this is. We talk about the extra constitutional ways of doing things. We talk about smashing the norms of democracy and justice and fairness. 
the Biden administration is neck deep in all of this. We we have a a, a you know anyway we've got a lot a lot that's going on that's the, confiscated here. I, and just again, just to put a cherry on top of what this topic Please. you introduced, and we should come back to it in, in the new year. You mentioned the, the administrative state. Yes. So, if you look at how bureaucracy has grown. We have more technology, more science, more information, more modernity uh, than ever in our history. Right. And we are so focused on things like climate change, right? Yep. That a hurricane can hit New Orleans and the administrative state, the government just completely fails uh, in, its, in, in its obligations. Right. Because what's happening is we're, we're seeing the growth of government, the growth of power within the administrative state. And the result has been that the government can really not function well on the big issues. You know, very often, again, and climate change is a perfect example. Uh, to your point, there's lots of bureaucracy and there's lots of things happening that's outside of the rule of law when it comes to the EPA, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, climate change. But then, you know, but then things happen, natural disasters happen, ah. and we're so focused on, uh, was it man-made? Was it natural? Well, right. What happened here? That we can't, we can't get school buses out of parking lots uh, in order to, in order to evacuate people. Uh, we can't get supplies in or fresh water in, although we have the capacity to do it, but somehow the, the as government grows, it loses its, its ability to actually govern and do what it's supposed to do under the Constitution. Yeah, and this is this is a big topic. I want to talk more about. Absolutely, Ellis. Uh, in, 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 in the new year, one of my favorite stories this week. You know, the Maine legislature was supposed to uh, come in. Yes, <laughs> say and it. Do this electric vehicle mandate uh, this week, uh, essentially outlawing uh, gas-powered cars, and they've had this major storm up there. It's knocked out the power grid. It's knocked out roads. So there's a certain degree of irony in that. But of course, it gets to thinking, right? If you have this natural disaster, the power grid gets knocked out. How are you going to power the cars that to get people around, How to get people evacuated or right. back to where they need to be? And the answer, of course, that someone will say was, well, you bring in generators. Well, how do those generators function? So you're going to get rid of gasoline-powered cars, but you're going to require gas generators in order to do it. Oh, and by the way, if we're not selling huge amounts of gas in the United States, how are we going to get the gasoline? You know, why, right. why would, why would we have any gasoline on hand here? Jerry, listen, before we go, uh, Christmas is coming up on Monday. We have new year's coming up in another week. Uh, you got any big plans? What's, uh, what's uh, on tap with your family? How are you guys going to celebrate the holidays? Well, I mean, look, Christmas, we have all kinds of things that we do regularly. I mean, yesterday, we went on a walk around a lake that's near our home and, er and Erica picked some fresh holly and some other kind of Christmas uh, <laughs> bushes. Uh, but um, uh, look, we do the, the winter lights. We travel through our neighborhoods and look at lights. Uh, it's church. It's candlelight service on, on Christmas Eve. It's remembering faith and family. And, you know, the fact, you know, I get stressed out at Christmas because of the financial burden. Sure. But, you know, you have to stay focused, I think, on on you know it's 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 we're celebrating the birth of our savior and if i stay focused on that i'm good but we do lots of things uh, uh great meals uh trips we're going to go today we're going to go to downtown frederick 
and and do some local shopping. But we'll go to Bushwallers, which is an Irish pub, and have a have our traditional kind of Christmas Irish pub celebration. Uh, we go to Jersey, and we uh, we engage in all the craziness you, you uh, that is like that is my mom. Yeah, the night <laughs> on the on the turnpike on New Year's Day. Yeah, and I have my, and and a, a couple days before New Year's Eve uh, on the 29th, my my goddaughter, my niece Maeve is getting married so we have a big oh. uh, we have a big wedding to celebrate this year as well but the Rogers are are blessed yeah you know it's funny on that on that score about finances and things and, and the stresses you know I I was wanting to get I'll just say it I was wanting to get a new uh recliner uh for for, for Christmas this year <laughs> a little built-in a little built-in um fridge yeah that would be great yes and a built-in built-in crapper uh, uh, too but no I um, <laughs> um but but mine is just it's giving up the ghost. I have a very I have a very old recliner that I use, and my wife is like, "Well, so we're we gonna go look at, at recliners this week." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I really don't want to. I don't need this for Christmas. It's fine. Um, I just want to relax this weekend because I'm burning the candle yeah. at both ends." Um, but yeah, we're we're likewise. I'm on the air. It's actually funny because I told you yesterday I was gonna do that show in Dallas. I'm actually relieved I don't now have to do this show in Dallas on the uh, the the latter part of next week. I'm in for Tony Katz uh tuesday through friday next week uh noon to 3 p.m eastern all those days and then i'm back in for larry o'connor on new year's day jan january 1st year i know i don't know if you know that new year's day is january 1st that's a monday um yes. how about you you you've got your special christmas eve show this well Sunday. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be on christmas eve uh the morning christmas eve wbal 7 to 10 uh the number one rated sunday show in the market uh must listen uh radio but uh, New Year's Eve, though, uh, there's going to be a kind of best of type uh, show awesome. on, on New Year's Eve because I'll be up in Jersey celebrating with the uh, with those folks. You know something, Jerry, uh, uh, you, you, you never know. You, you may get a you may get a phone call on on Sunday. Oh, very good. Oh, very nice. Oh, will it be Liam from from Kingsbridge? Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. Um <laughs> So, uh, Jerry, what do you what do you want folks to do? Well, I mean, more than ever, right? I mean, uh, find the truth, uh, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless you. Merry Christmas. I, I'm going to quote, and I've done this before, uh, Greg Lake from Emerson Lake and Palmer here. Uh, I wish you all a hopeful Christmas. I wish you a brave new year. All anguish, pain, and sadness. Leave your heart and let your road be clear. Have a great and wonderful Christmas and a great and wonderful new year, everyone. Have a safe one, especially. And Jerry and I will see you all again in 2024. That's right.